All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of, um, what do I call this? The Great White Hope. Uh, haven't done one for a while, uh, but, you know, that makes for great content because I got a lot of stuff to talk about. got a lot of stuff to get off my chest. Um, for today's podcast, we're going to do it a little different. Usually we talk mostly basketball, um, but today, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to start off with a little pop culture, a little movies, a little some thoughts on some recent uh, behaviors that I've seen. Just wanted to air out, maybe maybe get some some other people's thoughts on, uh, and then uh, and then go back and talk about some basketball things like usual. So, uh, but first we have a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by AAA. Uh, if you ever get stuck on the side of the road, get a flat tire, you can give them a call. They'll pick you right up. Uh, except if you're stuck on an embankment like I was last week and uh, cars were zooming by, I couldn't get out of my car. And uh, they kept me there for two hours and uh, felt like I was going to die. So shout out to them. Unless you really need it, then they won't be there. All right. So I wanted to kick this off with a little bit of Star Wars. I uh, just got back from watching it last week, had a little bit of time to digest and um, so let me just give you a little background of where I am with Star Wars. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not one of these people that know the origin story of this character that we've only met because it's been in car- comics or anything like that. Um, what I will say is I've watched them all, I've enjoyed them all, and um, I like having Star Wars in my life and watching that. Uh, so... So, yeah, that's where I am. And so I went and saw Rise of Skywalker, which was the latest Star Wars movie. Um, some spoilers. I don't know. Probably not very many spoilers. If, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably won't. But if you if you have, haven't seen it and you don't want any spoilers, skip ahead. Um, and you don't have to listen to this part. Uh, so, so I went and I saw Star Wars and I thought, you know what? This is really entertaining. I like having the force. I like people fighting with the force and I like the story. Uh, there, there was good chemistry between the two main characters. Uh, I did feel like they were a little too afraid to do anything big in this movie. Um, I think they kept walking everything back. So, um, there's a scene where Ray and, um, Kylo, they're, they're kind of battling. So you see, uh, Chewie get into this escape pod and the escape pod's going away and um, Ray is trying to save Chewie by grabbing that airplane out of the air and pulling it back down so that Chewie can get out. And then on the other side of a, of, a, of the sand dunes, Ray or Kylo is also doing the same thing. So they're having like this tug of war, uh, kind of similar to what they did with the lightsaber in the, in the previous movie where they were kind of pulling it back and forth. Um, and so there's this really powerful moment when she gets really mad at Kylo, Kylo for holding her back. And, and then she uses a force lightning, which blows the ship up. <coughs> and the reason why this is so important is because force lightning is part of the dark side. So she went over to the dark side for a little bit and blew up this, uh, this thing that had Chewie in it. And so it had this really interesting um, sort of you know, uh, symbolism in that you, she has to know her, her limits and her powers and not go over to the dark side or else there's consequences to it. And the consequences of that is blowing up the ship with Chewie inside of it. 
And, and so then she cries and she's all sad and they fly away. Um, the bad part about the stupid part about that is that five minutes later, you figure out that, um, that actually he's not dead. <coughs> and, uh, and that he's actually alive. And there was another transport ship that nobody saw leave. And, um, and then, and then you kind of lose a little bit of that, the powerfulness of, you know, her switching over to the dark side, losing control a little bit because, oh, actually there was no consequences if you, if you do that. Um, so that was one part. The other, the other thing that makes me say that they were a little afraid to, to really do anything was, um, R2, uh, not R2, do C3PO. So there's this, there's this awesome moment, really, uh, emotional where, uh, C3PO, uh, actually, you know, he has to wipe his memory, uh, and to get a piece of Sith data, uh, that he can't otherwise access because of his protocol. Um, and so there's this really, really good moment of, uh, C3PO and he's just pausing for a second before his memory gets wiped. And he says, I'm going to stop and take one, one last look at my friends. And he's looking at everybody and you get this really emotional thing. Cause C3PO, as you know, has been around for a long time. He's been around since, uh, I don't, I don't know which movie, but he's been around for most of the movies and, and he's been kind of a stalwart. Um, and so that part was great. And then you get this part where he switches over to a Sith eyes and you, and he jumps into that. But then not 10 minutes later, he goes and meets R2 and he's like, Oh, who are you? I just met you. And then R2 backs him up and he gets all his memories back. And so, and so then you're just like, all right, well, that's, 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 that's a weird choice to make. And, and so I just thought that the movie wasn't very brave and they could have done some other things to make it more impactful. Um, uh, but otherwise I thought it was a good movie and I, and I enjoyed it and I, I don't really have much else negative to say about it. There was some really cool scenes where they're fighting. Um, obviously the one with the big waves crashing as they were fighting on the death star was cool. Um, and that was, that was, that was probably some of the, the, the best, you know, cinematography of that where they're, kind of jumping from ship to ship and they're fighting and it ends with, uh, you know, Ray stabbing Kylo, which was, which was pretty cool. Uh, but then realizing that Leia died and healing him. So I thought that part was really cool. And, and overall it was just an action packed, uh, you know, two hours and I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so let me get into some of the critiques I have about people watching star Wars. I don't know why, but there's this thing where everybody feels like they need to critique Star Wars more than any other movies, like any other series. I walked out of that and somebody was, and everybody in the bathroom was like, oh, that was so predictable. I could have seen that. And I was like, no, you couldn't have that. You could not have seen Senator or Chief Palpatine coming back to life. And then Ray being related to Senator Pal- or Chief Palpatine, and and then <laughs> all the, all the stuff that transpired from there, and Kylo coming back to the light side. There's no way. But for some reason, if you if you don't walk out of a Star Wars movie with with an opinion of, of how bad it was or what they could have done better or why there was plot holes, like if you go back to any other any other series, I would say like Marvel's pretty comparable to, to Star Wars in that it's like fantasy and anything goes and people have these powers and um, different planets and everything. Um, 
And there's bad movies, but nobody really critiques them. Like the second Thor was so bad, but nobody's coming out of that movie like, ah, they ruined the whole Marvel series. No, it's just like a bad movie and you move on. Like, uh, But when it comes to Star Wars, people people just feel free to like tear it apart. And they feel like, I guess that's part of it being a 40 year 40 year arc for these movies and um, it's switching hands from just Lucas independent into, you know, this Disney machine. So I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, Let me know if you like the movie, didn't like the movie. Uh, Yeah. All right, let's get into this. This is what the people come for. It's my basketball analysis. And uh, I've got a lot of good things to talk about today. One of them, one of them has been stirring in me for a while. It's this idea that Kawhi Leonard is now the best player in the world, better than LeBron, better than Giannis, better than uh, you know all the all the guys that that are usually up there. And I want to I want to kind of take a retrospective of of Kawhi because because here's my contention. I think that. Kawhi, well, he's a very gifted scorer, and he's he's probably one of the better def- defensive players um, you know the league has ever seen. Uh, he's he's not the best player, and and what I what I want to start that with is really looking back at his past two teams, um, and and be, my thought is that he has to be on a good team for it to win, um, and I know that's obvious. That's, that's what everybody would say they need. LeBron last year didn't make the playoffs and all that stuff. But what I'll say is if you look at Kawhi's last two teams, so let's take, uh, let's take the Spurs. Um, and the Spurs made the playoffs with Kawhi. And then the next year after he left still made the playoffs. Um, I think there were seven or eight seed and, and, uh, and really pushed the team they played kind of forget who that was. It might have been, um, you know, the Rockets. Uh, so that's an interesting, interesting thing there. And then you and then you look at what happened after he left the Raptors this year. Obviously, he he helped them win a championship. And, um, you know, Fred played leap balled out for that and Siakam and stuff. But you look at he just left the Raptors. It's not like they really signed anybody great. They just kind of ran it back with the same team minus Kawhi. I mean, they got Stanley Johnson, but uh, that guy sucks. And so, so you're like, oh, well, if the best player in the world leaves a team, you know, that's going to be a huge impact. Uh, You know, they're not going to have somebody crunch time and, and all this stuff, but you look at the Raptors now, and they're they're projected to make the playoffs. You know, they have a pretty deep team, and they're everybody can play and score, and uh, and so they're okay. They're not they're not in some sort of crazy down, downward spiral, spiral. And then and then you think about the team that he joined. So he joined a team that actually made the playoffs the previous year, um, and so. And that team is doing better, but um, you look at where they were last year and what they gave up to get Paul George and what they what they got with Kawhi Leonard, and and I would say they underachieved. Um, 
And so here's my overarching thought. If you put Kawhi on a bad team, I don't think he has the full game and all the aspects of it to lift that team to to make the playoffs. So if you put them, let's let's take a um, what would be a good team or a, a bad team? Well, let's just look at LeBron's team from the Cleveland Cavaliers year. That team was so rat. It was so bad. Um, they had Isaiah Thomas on it. They were Isaiah Thomas wasn't even healthy, and that was supposed to be their big their big signing. Um, they end up trading him uh, because he's just so terrible that year. Uh, and then they squeak into the playoffs and I think they're, uh, maybe five or four or five seed and LeBron was able to carry that team into the finals. And I know the, the East that year was really bad and, uh, we can go through all that, but you look at what happened to the Cavs after LeBron left and that team just cratered. It's not like they lost anybody else. They returned, uh, Kevin Love, they returned, um, you know, I don't know if they kept George Hill, but um, they, and they, then they got some youth. And that team is just so terrible. It was terrible last year. It's terrible this year. It's one of the worst rosters. And so you think about him and what he was able to do with a, with a subpar team and to be able to lift them up. And I think if you put Kawhi on a team like that, I think he'll get us 30 points. He'll... He'll play well, be a first team, all, all whatever. But that team's not going anywhere. I don't think he has the playmaking skills. I don't think he he can make his teammates and get the most out of his teammates um, the way that LeBron can or the way that Giannis can. That's a great – like, if you just switched Giannis and Kawhi on this team, on, on their respective teams right now, do you think the Clippers would be better? Do you think the Bucks would be better? I think – I definitely think the Clippers would be better. Um, give them that long, lanky guy to go alongside Montrez Harrell. Um, and I think the 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 Bucks will be much worse off. I don't think that the way that everybody relies on Giannis to set them up by his driving and collapsing the defense, kicking it out, hitting threes, um, I just don't think, you know, Kawhi would be able to do that. And so when you talk about him being the best player in the world, you need to have a little bit of perspective on the teams that he's been on because he hasn't been asked to do that. And he only plays 70% of games. So if you, if you're the best player in the world, you have to make your teammates better. And I think Giannis does that. I think LeBron does that. I don't think Harden does that. Um, I think uh, Jokic does that, but he's not, you know, he's still a few years away. And I think uh, I think Doncic does that. But still still too early to see with Doncic. Um, I know he gets he puts up the counting numbers, but um, but I really like him. I think I think there's promise there. So that's my little Kawhi rant. And uh, so then now we'll go into a little bit of Laker talk, baby. You know, we can't do a pod without talking Lakers. Um been really fun this year to watch them. Uh, even even in the absence of AD and LeBron, everybody stepped up, and you know that's that's when you can tell everybody's buying in. Is they crank up their energy in the absence of those two guys because you know they believe that they can do something special, and I and I think that they believe that, and I believe that. Um, 
And it's been really good to see Kyle Kuzma uh, to play, playing well. <clears throat> but uh, I'll talk. I'll save my Kyle Kuzma thoughts for a little later. Uh, AKA Kuz Shady, AKA um, Kuz Kardashian, AKA. Um, but first, I want to talk about LeBron. Uh, I've seen this a couple times. So I watched. I think I watched almost every game. If not during that time, then on a replay. Uh, they played at my gym, which is awesome because I don't have Spectrum Sports. So I can I can uh, watch it there. Uh, but there's a few times when there's been somebody who either length-wise or strength-wise matches up with LeBron, and he doesn't have a physical advantage over him. Uh, and I saw this in the Raptors game where they put this long, lanky, 19-year-old kid on LeBron. His name is Sikambuyai or something. And um, and he was just, he was real long and LeBron had trouble scoring over him because of his length. And I see, I've see i seen this on, on the Clippers when they put, uh, you know, George or Harkless or even Kawhi on, on him where he has trouble finishing at the rim. And then when he has trouble finishing at the rim, it really, really stagnates the Lakers' offense. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because I, do, I think the Clippers are just a very, very bad matchup for LeBron. There's hands everywhere. Um, and, and if you take out the LeBron threat of driving and getting to the basket and needing to help, then you know what you take out is you take out the dives by McGee and Dwight Howard and... And, and even AD spotting up and getting into space and making plays. And that's that's a huge part of their offense. So to have somebody to stay in front of LeBron, it's a little bit concerning uh, because if the Clippers end up playing the Lakers in the in one of these series, you know, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be problems for LeBron. And there's always the possibility that um, that, you know, LeBron is. He, he has another level to get to in the playoffs and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll figure figure out a way and they can make some adjustments, but you know, it's, it's a little concerning, uh, when you've seen this a couple times now, now, not everybody has the horses to, you know, stop LeBron and keep him from getting to the basket. But when you turn him into just a jump shooting guy, guy, that's, you know, not, as easily able to facilitate for other people. Um, and especially those other people need, need that. I mean, you take out his playmaking right now in the Lakers and, and you're kind of stuck with, you know, you don't want to, you don't want the ball in JaVale's hands. You don't want the ball in Avery Bradley's hands at all. Um, you talk about Danny green. I don't even, I hate seeing him dribble. I feel like he, it's, he's going to lose it every single time he dribbles, but these guys, when somebody's creating for them, they're elite at what they do. And Avery Bradley coming off screens, hitting those mid-range jumpers, he's really good. Um, defensively, you know, the team is is, is amazing. Uh, I, I, that's one thing that I didn't really see coming into the year. Uh, it's just how good defensively they are and how long they are. You put AD at four, he can guard most fours um, and keep up with them. And, and he's, he's usually longer and... and a better interior defender than the people give him credit for. Um, I think he's the odds on leader to win defensive player of the year, which he said was his goal in the beginning of the year. 
Um, and then you throw in JaVale and, and Dwight, who who's actually playing great defense. Um, and then you on the on the wing, you got Danny Green, Avery Bradley, uh, LeBron mixing it up every now and again. But you know he doesn't play the best player on the on the other team's team or on the other team's team. Yeah, that's that's a weird way to say it. But um, but you know uh, he's 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 giving effort and he's getting rebounds and he's pushing in transition, which is all you can ask for. Um, but I think I think when you talk about Kuz. So I'm going to switch now. That was just my LeBron thoughts, just some concerns. Uh, but transitioning from there, it's great to see Kuz go off in these last two games, step up when he's needed to. And I don't think it's ever been any 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 fans or non-fans or people that are just watching these games, contention that Kuzma's not good. Kuzma's, Kuzma's a really good player, and I think – you know, on the right team, he could average 20 points a game, uh, you know, 18, 20 points a game. And, you know, that's what the Lakers need. My my concern is that it doesn't fit with the Lakers. Um, he just does, he seems to be forcing things when he's out there with LeBron or AD. He's a little too passive, um, hasn't been aggressive. I think there was one game, the Clipper game on Christmas Day, where he went off in the first half, but then you know, that was more of an aberration than, you know, what you can expect because then in the second half he disappears and scores like two points on, uh, you know, 10 shots. And, and there are times too, when it's just him out there and he should be able to take the reins, but I've watched those games with him and he takes really bad shots. Um, the haircut is questionable at best. And, uh, you know, if he misses, he's he's he doesn't get people involved. So if he's missing, he'll take a three, he'll drive a lane, throw up a hook shot, but he just doesn't get people involved. And so if it's bad, it looks really bad because he's just not scoring. And then defensively, he's really bad. Um, so I don't know. If, if the Lakers keep him for the playoffs, do I like their chances? I still put them at a, a 50-50 shot to, to win it. Um, I think if you want to push the odds more in their favor, they, they make a trade. And that trade piece, you know, it's hard for me to to sit here and figure out who they would be trading for. I do like the, the Derrick Rose coming off the bench, but uh, if you've got Derrick Rose, then you're not playing Rondo, who who is a big playmaker for everybody. And... You know, you're not playing Caruso, who's been playing well. I think it. I think it would go. Caruso would be the first minutes cut because KCP. I don't know why these coaches. And this is the. This is the third coach to do this to play. I guess just Walton and, and Vogel, but. Um, I don't know why they play KCP so much. Like I, I've watched all these games. He's he's a, he's a decent shooter. He's actually shooting pretty good this year, but. Um, Defensively, he's he's not good. I don't I don't know why people don't see this. He's he's reactionary. He doesn't make people uncomfortable. And uh, I mean, he tries hard. I guess you could say that. But um, he's he doesn't get stops. He's small. I think he's only six three, six four, and he's slight, so he gets pushed around a lot. Um, and but that's a tangent. 
Um, so, so the Derek Rose comp is they have a lot of players at his position. So you're going to sit Rondo, you're going to sit Caruso, you're going to sit, um, you know, who at that point to, to start getting him minutes. Um, but I do think he would be a good spark plug if, if we were able to trade him, trade for him. Uh, the other guys, I mean, I don't really see a lot of trade chips out there just because, you know, to get somebody who's going to make an impact like that, you're going to need to attach some money to it. And Kuzma makes like $2 million a year. So then at that point, you're either attaching Caruso, which I don't, I mean, he only makes $2 million a year, so that'd only be $5 million. You're trying to get to that $10 million number. It just, it makes it really hard. Um, so some of the other things that I've seen out there are, um, Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, the reason that that works out is because both those guys are on their rookie deals. Um, if the Lakers get them now, then they can sign them to a restrictor free agent, and not worry about going over the salary cap, um, which is which is all good. But it doesn't doesn't sound like the the Kings want to want to trade uh, for the Lakers. It seemed like that was a little bit of fake news coming out of the Rob Plink camp that they knew that they were going to have to give up. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich in the trade for Kuzma Um, and I think to be honest I think Walton coached Kuzma he knows he kind of knows him Um, and he knows played with or watched him play day in and day out Um, and I think that's probably part of the reason that they wouldn't want to do it Um, and then so if you say all right well they don't want they wouldn't be just a swap straight up um then what else can the Lakers attach? They've already given out most, if not all, their um, picks up for Anthony Davis, so don't really have a first-rounder to give out. Um, and then you're just talking about the rest of it's just fringe pieces. Do you, do you want, um, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker? Uh, haven't really seen him play. Some good highlights in the G League, but... Um, you know, he's young and he's unproven. So, and he was a second round pick this year. So, I mean, would you want that or a second round pick in the future? Uh, I don't know. That just, it just doesn't seem like a likely scenario. Um, but I do think they need to make a, they do need to make a trade um, in order to kind of bolster their playmaking and, and stuff. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, I think Rob, I got faith in Rob. I think, uh, you know, he's made a lot of good decisions. Uh, I question the, the, the lineup and the and the team that he put together around LeBron with, uh, you know, signing Rondo again and signing KCP and JaVale. But, you know, so far every, it's worked out great. And, you know, credit to him for, for doing that. So um, my last little my last little thing, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm, I'm just a little worried about how hard the Lakers are playing doesn't seem like they get a lot of easy wins. They get up and they let go of the lead, um, which is concerning uh, just just because it's a long season and we've got kind of an older team. Look at all these guys. You know, I'm not sure this is the oldest team in the league, but it's definitely got to be up there. Um, so when you've got the oldest team, you've got nobody sitting. I think it's, it's a hard stance because uh, LeBron took this – 
anti Kawhi, anti Clipper thing where he said, "Well, if I'm healthy, I'm going to play." And he, so it's kind of an anti-load management uh, stance, and it's it sucks because I think LeBron could probably use a little managing of his load. You know, you don't want your load to get out of control. So if you manage that load, then you're fine. <laughs> but he he stood up so strongly against it that I think he now has to, you know, push through injuries, which I don't I'm not really a fan of for for the playoffs. We need him healthy. We need Davis healthy. And um, if we have those two things, I like our chances. But with them playing every single game at 34, just doesn't seem like a smart smart decision like I understand what he's doing and I understand why he's saying that but if you just looked at okay if your goal is to win a championship obviously locking up the number one seed is a big step towards that um, but I think if you if you look at it and you say all right the Clippers are our biggest challenger you're gonna have home games no matter what if they're higher than you or if they're a higher seed than you and you're playing on their court, it's going to be all Laker fans anyway. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I, I don't get the load management thing. I don't think you could tell LeBron otherwise, even if you were the coach or, or the athletic trainer. It sounds like he's got his own like staff for that anyway. So I don't know. Uh, I'm just something that, that I'm a little concerned about is just the overtaxation of LeBron um, early on and then him kind of petering out throughout the season. So something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, that's it. You know, quick little pod. Just want to get some thoughts off. Maybe I'll try to do these a little bit more often. Uh, Leave a rating and review. Share with your friends. Um, And that's it for the Great White Hope.